0: Hi, my name is Ian Parry, and welcome to What the Future, the podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. Today, we're chatting with Helen Gillett in one of our special podcast series on leaders' life stories. Hi, Helen.
1: Hi, Ian. Lovely to see you.
0: Yeah, you too. Um, so, we we've been doing these podcasts, and and they've been really fascinating conversations. I'm really looking forward to today because obviously we we've met through other webinars so we we kind of know each other a little bit but certainly not enough to talk about leaders life stories and um i'm i'm really interested in getting into some of these questions with you and and okay. seeing where 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 this takes us because i think i think other people will be really interested in in how you've got to where you've got to today um by any 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 sort of metric successful across multiple multiple businesses. So I think it's going to be a good story and I'm looking forward to it. So thank you very much. Let's let's get into it then. So Helen, tell, tell everybody who you are and what your role is today or roles I should probably say.
1: <laughs> yes, many hats that I wear. Um, yeah, so I'm Helen Gillard and um, amongst various things I guess my, my main role uh, in terms of work is as Chief Operating Officer at Better Space. So Best Space is a workplace wellbeing technology platform. Um, I'm also a non-exec director at Orbit Housing Group, which is a, a, a pretty big social housing mm. uh, organization. And um, I also do mentoring formally and informally. So I'm a mentor through the <coughs> um, Leaders with Babies project, which is wow. a fantastic, uh, okay. co- also known as Big Career Small Children. Um, deliberately non-gender specific and I and I do all sorts of other stuff so whatever comes along when people ask for my help I pretty much always try and say yes if I can. Um, I also happen to be uh, a parent so um, my husband and I have three children between us. We've got a blended family of very lovely daughters, nearly 23, 19 and 14 they are. So uh, that also keeps, and I mustn't forget the dog. I'm, I'm a, I'm a dog. I'm a dog mum now as well.
0: Yes, yeah, we've we've got a dog here, it's sat with me, and I'm I'm certain that during this podcast, somebody's going to knock the door, and the dog is going to go wild, protecting, <laughs> protecting the house. So that'll be that'll be exciting. Um, cool. Okay, and and I mean that obviously what what seems to run through that is is is, is purpose and help, helping people. If I can oversimplify what you've what you've just described there
1: yeah I mean I I, I have it in my LinkedIn headline actually um, Oh, wow. okay be, because and it, and this really came to me the other day we ran a, per, a personal purpose workshop at, at work we had done a, a a business purpose workshop and then we we I facilitated this workshop with the whole team where we thought about our personal purpose because this is this is something really dear to my heart everybody has a purpose Um, they might not describe it in that way, but we all have our reasons for being. We all have Mm -hmm. our reasons for our passions, for how we spend our time. Um, Our purpose may be very much about fundamental survival in the world, you know, through to those of us in a more privileged position where we get to choose what we do. It's, you know, my purpose could be earning loads of money. It it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be necessarily a, um, a highfalutin thing. But for me... I'm interested in organisations as much at how they do things as what they do. Um, the example I may use and other clothing retailers are available, but I'm interested in Patagonia more than Primark.
0: Okay, right.
1: And, 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 I, and I think it's really important and it's become more important to me as, my, as I've got older, career-wise mm-hmm. and personally, because it turns out one of my fundamental values is fairness. I didn't know this until okay. I experienced... Burnout, um, yes. profession, professionally experienced burnout, and and it and one of the things that was really under threat for me was my sense of of fairness mm-hmm. in a, in a certain set of scenarios, and in learning about that, it kind of made me think about organisations where they you know they they're commercially very successful, but they don't seem to be considering other mm-hmm. factors, and to me that's not fair. You know, it's pretty simple, um, and and so so purpose. I want to know that an organisation is trying to do something worthwhile
0: yeah,
1: and in a way that is good for the world. <clears throat> and I'll, I will stand on that hill as long as you like because I get a lot of pushback from people going, oh, well, it's, you know, this, that, and the, yeah, it, it's, that's not how the world goes round. I'm like, well, it should be. Mm. Um, and if people like me who are in positions of relatively high influence, um, you know, I get listened to for good or ill <laughs> if I'm not prepared to say something like that when I believe in it then what am I doing um so yeah that that's really core for me
0: great okay um and maybe this next question might might help us understand how you how you've got uh, this thought in and, and feeling in, in your life then actually so so going right back to your earliest memory tell us a little bit about what you remember about know your first memory growing up
1: oh well that's interesting because i i I can tenuously make a link to fairness so my first memory when you asked this question in the preparation um thank you for that because i wouldn't have necessarily thought of this i remember being on a swing on holiday in somerset as a little 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 girl and swing standing on the swing yeah and swinging as hard as I could and the reason I was doing it and my mum was telling me off because I was going to hurt myself was to see over quite a high wall so that I could see the horses in the stables that were next door to the holiday cottage we were in yeah and I, I was horse mad as a kid still love a horse um and the agony of being on holiday by total chance in this cottage that was next to the stables, and I wasn't allowed to go riding, and I couldn't even go and really say hello to the horses. Yeah. Deeply unfair. Yes.
0: <laughs> wow. And and of course, at that age, sort of, how do you understand that? How do you?
1: Yeah. It it, it. it. Um. <coughs> I think I think I hung on to that for quite a while. I think I might have made that holiday quite hard for my parents. But yeah, You. you when you're little. The world's a very simple place mm. in your head, and you yeah. slowly get to grips with the complexity of it. Um, and society tells you stuff, um, and you ha- and you you decide how much to conform and all of that kind of thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, that I can really I can picture it now.
0: <laughs> I can too, actually. Um, strange, isn't it? How how you you get a picture, even though that that's obviously your memory. Um, yeah, I'm imagining. I can even think of the swing seat being red and and those sorts of things and um, the
1: whole thing creaking like mad and my mum being <laughs> gonna terrified it was going to fall apart and i was going to break my arm
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so 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 adding a couple of these things together then and you've already given a little bit of a snapshot into uh, a little bit about your where you are today and, and and a little bit about what's important to you but how would you describe your journey to your current role has it been a bumpy ride has it been all success has it been a bit of both what what how would you describe it
1: It, it's yeah I mean it's been it's been a real mix um so I I was fortunate enough to go to university and do a course that I really loved I did European studies I studied languages and and history and geography and all sorts of things I found fascinating and I then proceeded to find myself in the world of IT and telecoms. Um, and you know what? I busked my way through the best part of 20 years in that industry as a non-specialist yeah, okay. because not only was I not a technologist, I also wasn't a marketeer or an accountant or whatever. I didn't have a profession. I spent some time in sales and I enjoyed sales, but I didn't enjoy being in sales. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like the competitiveness I didn't like Mm -hmm. the uncertainty of income Um, and so but what was brilliant around about um, 1999 I I moved to work for BT which was a, a, a by chance kind of thing and I working there was fantastic because it was so big there were so many different roles you could do and I was somebody who even though I was constantly teased about being non techy I was good at some stuff and I was good at getting things done. I was good at getting on with people. I was good at communicating. I learned pretty quickly. I spent my entire time convinced I didn't really know what I was doing, which is a fear that drives many, many people, often mm. women. I refuse to call it imposter syndrome because I think that's a label that was really unhelpful. But, you know, I was brought up to believe that if you worked hard enough, and you were prepared to learn along the way then you could achieve. And that was true at BT. Um, Along that way, there were lots of bumps in the road. Um, As well as that self-doubt, I experienced life events that really, uh, you know, upset my mental health. I spent time as a single parent, um, which is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Um, And whenever a parent... Whenever their partner is not around and they go, oh, I'm being a single parent today. I feel like saying, no, you have no idea. Um, And yeah, and I also experienced stress related burnout because I finished up by the time I was in my final few years at BT. I was pretty senior. I was director of customer service for a big chunk of the business division. And, you know, that was really, really hard um senior colleagues more senior than me board members would say you have one of the hardest jobs in in the company Helen and I'd be like yes I do mm. and and I ended up deciding in 2015 that I if I didn't leave I wasn't sure what was going to happen but I didn't feel like it was going to be good okay and I wouldn't hold BT to blame for that at all I, I think large organizations can be a bit you you up and spit you out mm. and, and it, it's not through bad intention um but yeah customer service for an organization like that was pretty 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 tough so i had quite a rethink once i'd sort of cleared my head um what's interesting i always would observe is what, that when you're working under sustained chronic stress your brain doesn't function properly and the most extraordinary thing happened during the first sort of four or six weeks after i left i could feel my brain working differently okay it was a revelation i hadn't appreciated how i was that frog in the boiling water hadn't appreciated how hot and uncomfortable the water was mm. and the, the experience of genuinely relaxing and genuinely being able to think clearly
0: yeah.
1: was a revelation. Yeah. So, so watch out for that folks. Cause that's a sign.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, yeah, I job hunted like mad. I thought I'd be off for a few weeks. I was off for eight months. Um, and it was really good for me, but it was also really challenging I had a couple of interviews where I thought, I really don't want them to offer me the job because I don't like how this place feels.
0: Yeah,
1: And that was an interesting thing to, to sense because, of course, when you're moving around a big organisation, you generally don't get interviewed a lot. You generally mm. get asked to come and do things. Yes. And, and to go out there and put myself on the market, talk to recruiters, talk to hiring managers, or not because they ghost you, which is a lovely experience. It is. Um, and think but I don't really, I'm not, it's an interesting sounding job, but I'm not sure I like the sound of the place. Mm. And to then think, but I really need a job. That was quite, that was quite hard. And I was very fortunate. And I'm going to keep coming back to this. I am very privileged because I've got a really great network and I'm, I'm somebody who has had a lot of help sponsorship as well as kind of mentoring along the way. Um, A former colleague of mine from BT who is very senior in a footsie company, she said, ah, I know who you need to talk You need to get into the water industry and talk to your local water industry CEO, Helen. I happen to know him. So through my network, I got my next role. And that was at Affinity Water, which is my local water company. And they needed somebody to come in and set up a, a new business for them. And I won't bore you with all the details of that, but that was really exciting. And what was interesting was I went from being somebody who was very cautious personally, risk averse personally with, you know, finances and life plans and so on to accepting a job where Simon said to me, I don't know if this is three weeks, three months or three years, would you like to come? And And I was like, yeah, you (laughs) know, and I would never have done that before. So it was very good for me that I went through all of that. And as it turned out, it was four years. Um, And I set up AFB Affinity for Business we became award-winning. We led at the market in terms of our customer experience. Classic example of being a water retailer doesn't sound terribly purposeful. Mm. Our purpose was around we were not too big to care.
0: Right. Okay, yeah. Me
1: and my management team, we were all yeah. ex-utilities of some kind. Yeah. And we had all had that experience of as an employee or a customer just being a number. Yeah. And we said, AFB, our customers are going to love us. And our people are going to love us. Yes. And we're going, to, we're going to learn and we're going to listen and we're going to learn some more. And we're not going to assume that the way we want to do it is the right way. And that was brilliant. And I loved it. Um, it took a lot out of me. I cared a lot about that business. And when um, the correct commercial decision was taken by our shareholders that, that they had an offer from, from our biggest competitor to buy us, That decision was taken and I executed it for them. And it's somebody I got asked the other day, like, what's it like being a a company director? What's it like being a CEO? You know, and and the subtext was, it looks pretty jammy. You know, you get paid quite a lot, some more than others. Um, It's all quite high profile and everything. And my honest answer is, it's great. But you've signed up to something. Yes. And at some point, the thing you've signed up to, which is you have to do what you have to do, mm. it will happen. And that might include your market has turned down and you've got to make redundancies. It might include you've got to execute an enormous pivot because of, you know, a pandemic. It it might be that there's been a commercial decision made and you have to execute it. Yeah. And that is what being the boss is about. Mm. And it can be quite a lonely place because you don't have peers. Yeah. You know I had a fantastic team. we still have our WhatsApp group for the AFB retired uh, management team and and, and a lot of, um, a lot of banter goes on on there. but you are you are on your own at times, and I remember sitting in a room when the news came about the sale of the business and that I needed to then that was going to be my next task, and by the way, they don't need two CEOs, so that was me done. Yeah. and I cried. Yeah. You know, and then and then I pulled myself together, walked out into the into the office and had a normal day. Yeah. And and it was really hard um, to do that. Yes. So, yeah, learned a
0: lot. Yeah. And that seems pretty natural reaction, given all the emotional energy you would have put into that.
1: It's very me. Right, yep. I'm a crier. Some people okay. shout and swear, some people, you know, I, I cry, it frustrates me at times. It's like this chemical reaction that happens. Um, it's particularly, um, yeah, my kids tease me about it a lot. I cry anything. <laughs> anything. But you, I think you have to forgive yourself whatever your reaction is yes. and, and yeah. process it. And, and so we, we, what I hadn't anticipated at that point, because who could, was quite what was going to happen with the following year. So this was the new year of 2020. And we'd heard of COVID, but we had no clue. No. And I was thinking, oh, OK, so the, the sale will be executed on the 31st of March. Ah, oh, I'm going to have the rest of the spring and the summer off with the kids and then I'll look for a job in the autumn. Mm. <laughs> so obviously went into the pandemic um, <coughs> and I wasn't really sure what role I was looking for. Um, and I got talking excuse me, drink to clear my throat, talking to a friend who uh, has a chap called Jim, who runs this company called BetterSpace, And I'd used BetterSpace Space when they were in their pilot phase with their project. And we'd done a pilot, sorry, their beta phase. We'd done a pilot with them at AFB and it had gone really well. And Jim was wanting my advice on some stuff. And we, got, we were chatting some more. And ultimately, long story short, I joined the board for a few months as an advisor, as a non-exec. And then it became apparent they needed a COO, and it became apparent that would would be me. Mm. Uh, it, I always describe it as a job I didn't know I was looking for. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, in the two years since those conversations were happening, we've we've done a huge amount, and it's it's a really it's a really lovely business to be part of. Um, yeah. So that's how I am where I am. Wow. Okay. The non exec stuff, just to colour in that little piece as well, briefly. It, you know, I've always been interested in how boards function for as long as I've been able to be in a boardroom for whatever reason, And we were talking off camera earlier on about how scary that first board meeting can be when you, when you go in there to present, I've always been fascinated by how, how do organizations actually function and, and, and what's the board's role in that. And, and I'm again, really fortunate that I managed to secure um, some non-exec positions and, and I love it because you, you you operate in a completely different way to to an operational role, an executive role. Um, it's really challenging and interesting. And, and I've been able to go into a whole other market that I didn't know anything about, sector of, of social housing. Um, and it's another very purpose-driven organisation. So it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, I've, I've written down three things while you talk in there because um, I found it really interesting. And I think there'll be so many people so the first thing I wrote was, was people talent, because you mentioned how you didn't have a professionalism mm-hmm. in, in, in your all your time in BT. And, and, and I think there's just so many people that are going through businesses and companies that wouldn't consider themselves an expert in mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. But what they are is absolutely amazing with people. Yeah. Inspiring people, understanding people. Um, motivating people, all of those things. And, and, And that to me was, you know, as you were describing, I think there'd be so many people listening to this, so many people going through the day to day that would be saying exactly the same thing, but they are successful in what they do because they're just wonderful with people. I think that's something I just wanted to pull out there. And the other two words were caring, which I think is something we talk a lot more in leadership these days than we have ever done. Mm-hmm. having a caring environment rather than a um sort of a hard working you know play hard live hard sort of environment mm-hmm. that's something that we talk about more and the the last thing which i absolutely resonates with me is is the loneliness of of being a leader mm-hmm. and whether that's the ceo or, or another position actually within the organization where you feel you don't have a peer, or or you don't have a peer. Sometimes you can trust. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that can be really difficult. You just don't know who to speak to, yeah. um, and and that becomes pretty hard. And I think the the, the friend or, or colleague that asked you, "Oh, how cool is it to be a CEO?" That that loneliness, I think, you can't you can't underestimate that.
1: No, you're 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 absolutely right. In I mean, I think you know that people point is so important. I remember being not interviewed, grilled by somebody at BT for something who was like, well, <coughs> what's the point of you, Helen? Because you don't seem to have your, you know, it's too vague what you do. Crazy. And I said at the time, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. I'm a really good people manager. And this guy said, he just looked at me and he was like, well, what do I do with that? Everybody yeah. manages people. And, 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 I was, <laughs> and I remember sitting there going, right, okay, don't say that again. He was quite a scary guy. Um, but you know what? I am really good at it. And it is really important. And I think one of the things for me that's changed in recent years is people are starting to get that that is really important. Yes, yes. That, that just being, just, you know, sounds dismissive, being good at what you do, whatever your profession is, is important but you don't, very, very, very few people succeed entirely on their own.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. Even, even you know, anybody on their own doing their thing as a one-person band it is, is still dependent on others. Mm. And if you don't recognise that dependency and if you don't nurture that, those skills and help those people be their very best selves, you, you won't succeed. So it yeah. can be deeply self motivating actually it doesn't have to be altruistic you have to like people you just need to be really good at managing them and and one of the things about that is is caring for me actually Um, you you you're right In, in the olden days it was easy because you just told people what to do and they either did it or they didn't and you either had an argument or you didn't and you know you got on with some people you might even have had some friends but you you didn't pretend that it was anything more than that yeah. And I think that for a lot of organisations, it's really hard right now because mm-hmm. people who've learned how to do the, the hard alpha type leadership don't really know, they're not, they're not really sure what to do. I mean, as it happens, it's one of the things I'm really good at coaching in because there are, like everything, it's a learned behaviour. Yes. You know, that there, is, there is nothing that 10,000 hours of practice can't generate some <laughs> yeah. competence in. You yeah. might not be the best, concert standard pianist, yeah. but if you practice you will get better if you ask for feedback you will get better and and if you create as a leader if you create a safe environment for people to give you that feedback you will learn more than you possibly could have imagined so so it is it for me it is really really important the caring I probably care too much sometimes you know and this is me this is I, I I I was interested to read something the other day about how important it is for parents not to connect their own happiness with their children's happiness okay yeah
0: Yeah.
1: because because you just they are individuals and we we really do have that thing i've always said you're only as happy as your least happy child well when you've got three believe me that's a pretty roller coaster but if you can detach yourself a little bit as a leader and and be a bit more objective about things it does help um, mm. i've definitely cared too much in the past i used to say to my team at afb actually i'm really nice. But I'm not a mug. Because that's the other thing you have to watch out for.
0: Yes. Is
1: if is if you are who you are and I am who I am, people love it and I love that they love it, but they also then think I'm a pushover.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. And then surprise.
1: But I'd rather be nice and then be tough and nice Mm. than be be a git. yeah. yeah, (laughs) You know. yeah, Yeah. Um, so so that and then I think the other thing you said about that loneliness piece is really true. And I think if you I would say, if you're working somewhere where you don't feel you have somebody you can rely on, who you can knock ideas about with, question whether you should be working there. Mm. If, you, if, you're, if you're in the privileged position of choice, ask yourself, is this a culture I really want to be in? Yeah. The other thing is you can find it outside. And I've always done this. Um, I've always looked for mentors. And when I was first running the show at AFB, I looked at my network on LinkedIn and I literally I found four people out of the hundreds that I knew who were in that position of properly the, the top of the heap. And I dropped them a line and I said, Can we have a chat? Because I need help in figuring this out. And bless yeah. them, all four of them helped me. Yeah. Um, and so you can go find those sounding boards and advisors really elsewhere. Fun. But you're you're right, it can be lonely within a business. Never mind yes. anything else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, t- the tiniest little plug here, but it's it's exactly that reason that. Uh, as future leaders we've set up a leadership group um we we have one for new leaders we have one for hr leaders and we have ones then for c suite leaders as well yeah they're very small groups um but they're exactly for that mm. you know it's in a trusted safe space nobody's in your industry and you get that that really yeah. good sharing and you don't feel you don't feel lonely mm-hmm. and exact for exactly that reason you you've done so thinking about um all the different things we talked about. Is there a life lesson that's really stuck with you that you want to share with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? A few years ago, I'd have probably given a different answer to this, but my education over the last two, three years around inclusion has really hammered this one home for me. My life lesson is privilege. Okay, yeah. Um, My only disadvantage is my gender in other people's eyes despite women being in the majority but you know um in every other regard you know I'm I'm in such a huge position of privilege and I had no idea and I used to think I I was lucky or I used to think that my hard work was paying off and I was and it was but what I missed completely is that my personal context meant people wanted me to be successful
0: okay yes
1: apart from people who looked at me and went she's a woman therefore and they weren't thinking that consciously it was the the societal stuff that was going on and and believe me I was many 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 times the only woman in the room I was the woman who was asked told asked to take the minutes even though it was my meeting you know all of all of those things that that people talk about on LinkedIn they are true they happen yet I would still say my life lesson is god am I privileged because I don't have to think about whether my kids are safe because of the color of their skin. I don't have to um, change the way I dress or how I pronounce my name or what, you know, any of that stuff because I fit in around here.
0: Mm.
1: And that is, the awareness of that is so important. Um, Now I can't change my privilege, but what I can do is be an ally yeah. and what i i believe everybody must do the only way this stuff's going to change is if those of us in a position to change it bother yeah um the issue with that is we're going to have to give some stuff up but you know what we should and and if that means making space for other people and sponsoring people through and listening to people not telling them what they're experience is because we're looking we're observing it listening to what their experience is yes you know and what I would say to anyone listening about if you think you don't know how to do this ask there are so many people out there there's so many experts you find them everywhere in LinkedIn Um, you'll know they're an expert because they look like one of those people who isn't the white majority you know be asking the people you know and pay them properly for their advice and and use you know don't don't expect freebies again we were talking earlier about about the sort of inclusion in terms of representation on panels speakers and all that kind of thing make space for people so that is my that is my life lesson because my life has been brilliant Hmm. you know but it's been brilliant in part because the world has helped it be brilliant
0: yes yes very well said. Totally agree with you on all of those points, actually. Um, I think it's worth worth having that as a as a really as a really good point for people to listen to as, as part of today's podcast. Um just moving quite quickly then to your day-to-day life. Hmm. And and people are really fascinated with this stuff, and, I, and I'll include it as a question because you know you see on whether it's linkedin or instagram or whatever you know you've got to be up at four o'clock in the morning you've got to be to- oh no you haven't <laughs> do you have a daily routine or not
1: i do i do it is what it is i'm not sure it's a routine for success i'm a bit more of a morning person these days uh, yeah. so i do like to be up not four o'clock in the morning i generally speaking make sure that i get some exercise outdoors in the day because that is me i'm not a gym person um i like to be outside walk the dog get the fresh air come rain or shine i find that a a morning walk on a rainy day improves the whole day because you already know the weather's not that bad really yes because you've been out in it and turns out you were all right um so i do that i do try and make time away from the screen so i have a reminder every lunchtime because i need a reminder screen free lunch break some days it's half an hour some days it's five minutes some days it's an hour um but I do try and make that I also try and take a break around about the time my youngest daughter comes home from school
0: okay yeah
1: um even if she doesn't want to talk to me (laughs) I want to talk to her but you know just even that five minutes again um so the other things I do is I block out time to make sure I get my to-dos done yeah because again when I was under huge pressure in old olden days jobs Often I was trying to do the to do list at ten o'clock at night.
0: Yes, because the day
1: was just back to back. And if if one more person says, "Oh, my day is back to back," it's like take control. And if you can't take control, that is another sign of maybe you're working in the wrong environment. Yes, um, we we you, you can only control your things, and 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 I'm a big believer in in that. So that's probably my daily routine.
0: Okay, makes sense. Um, and and we we we've talked about privilege we've talked about bias uh, to an extent today Uh, but what what do you you think about bias is it is it something that'll be removed um, in our generation or is it something that just it's just part of our our, who we are as humans that we're always going to be biased in some way
1: yeah i mean you can't remove bias i think this is one of the things people get slightly mixed up about unconscious bias training and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. we're biased for survival so we're biased towards people that look like us sound like us seem safe um we're biased towards the people who look big and strong and might keep us safe you know we're biased towards the 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 women who look fertile because they're going to um um, prolong the, 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 the 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 human race you know all of these things they're part of our dna but what you can do is understand biases you can put systems and processes in place to minimize bias you know whether that's blind hiring processes um there's there's some really good technology out there now there's a company called be applied um who do really fantastic work on this i'd highly recommend people check them out you can hire people without ever having a cb because you go on skills-based hiring okay yeah right and i'm more than happy i won't take time up on it now but anyone who's interested let me know because they're great so you can absolutely do things and the other thing that's happening that will change the the, the game is the generations coming through don't have our biases. They have different biases, but they are not prepared to accept that they're going to be judged differently because they have tattoos or because they're bisexual or because whatever. Yes. You know? And that change is going to happen whether we oldies like it or not. Um, so, but but there will still be biases. So this is why the systemic stuff so important.
0: Mm. Yes. I agree um, and then just just finally, Helen, sort of where next for you have you got have you got sort of plans that haven't been completed yet or are you just kind of we, we'll see what the, the, the year unfolds for you
1: Yeah, I've probably got more of a plan than I've had in a while actually. Um, it sort of comes and goes planning for me I'm definitely looking to um, reduce my time on executive work. Um, okay better space will need different skills over time um and that's that's understood and I'm looking to increase my time spent in non-exec and advisory and coaching and all that kind of stuff because I really love it yeah you know I really I I love it and I'm good at it which is a great combination um and I feel like I've got so much more to learn which I always I always always want to have as part of my plan yeah um so no I'm I'm kind of excited about the next 6 to 12 months because that I want to I want to make that happen Um, and part of it is I want a bit more time for me because Mm. I am that classic person and it often is women not always but I have made time for everybody else my whole life Um, and I recently went on a this is going to sound peak well-being industry right (laughs) I recently went on a yoga and hiking retreat in the peak district it was amazing but what it really would what really struck me it was it was so good to have no decisions to take. Nobody wanted to know what was for dinner.
0: Yeah.
1: Nobody wanted to know where, what walk we were doing tomorrow and has, have you got the map and all that. It was all done. Um, and it was so enjoyable, so relaxing. And you just think I could do with a day a week like this mm. where the biggest decision I have to take is, am I walking the dog down to the coffee shop to meet a mate? Or yeah. am I taking him off for a big ramble in the woods?
0: Yeah. <coughs> yeah.
1: So that's that's got to be in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. And and you know, the one thing I've really noticed throughout the podcast, and, and obviously listeners won't won't pick up on this because they're not seeing your face, but mm. whenever you talk about people and whenever you talk about helping people, whether that's been using the word help or just other words, your face lights up. <laughs> you're smiling, you know, you can clearly see that's just something that really gives you a buzz um you
1: know yeah I I you're right and and it it's it's very selfish because actually you know it is because it's what I enjoy and it's it's good for the ego people say thank you a lot when you help them mostly sure, yeah, yeah. um you get to feel good about you know your contribution um but yeah I do I, and, and I think there's a point as well for me where I feel like um you know retirement's a long way off but i don't necessarily have to go at it as hard as i have for the previous 25 odd years and i'm i'm you know prioritizing quality over quantity um and again i would use the word privileged to be able to make that choice
0: frankly yes yeah absolutely um so we've come to the end of the podcast helen um i want to say thank you so much because it you, know, you shared with 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 a lot of honesty throughout this, and we we were talking before we started recording about job titles and and the fear that they can introduce to people, and and I suppose people will judge quite often based on a LinkedIn profile, um, and I could easily see how somebody would look at your LinkedIn profile and kind of go, "Wow, super successful, never had any problems, mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff," and 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 have made that judgment. And what you've done today is you've been able to break down. Yeah, of course, I've I've been successful by any metric, but equally, I've had some challenges to deal with and to be honest as a leader with those challenges and what you've learned about yourself and and the the businesses that you work for as a result of that has obviously shaped where you are now. And I think that's really important to, to share as leaders is our own personal story beyond the job title or the suit or the whatever dress code people people are wearing in any business but just beyond that so that people see you know the human story behind what 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 you see in work
1: yeah no thank you for that feedback i mean i always i i actually feel slightly sorry for people who (coughs) for for senior leaders who are who've still got all their armor on these days Mm. yeah you know i used to have a big heavy suit of armor on and me- I, and I needed it cause it, it kept me safe. And yeah. I, but it's, but it adds to that loneliness. Yeah. Um, it's stressful to be a different person than who you want to be, maybe different to home or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I, I would say to anybody, you, you stand a far better chance of finding what you love, doing what you love successfully. If you can, if you can be yourself. Yes. Um, and, and you might find that what constitutes success actually changes as a result of giving yourself that permission.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, so thank you, Helen. Uh, and, and as always, thank you for choosing to listen to What the Future, everybody. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, then please hit subscribe. And finally, you know, mentoring is a hugely valuable step on the leadership journey for us. If you want to get involved, please pop along to futureleadersmentoring.com um, and follow us on LinkedIn. But for now, Thank you, everybody, and we will speak to you again soon.